Welcome to Burn the Ship. Thank you guys for coming back. Um, Bailey here uh, with my friend Karen. And uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about telling the story of your business, um, which is pretty exciting to me. Um, everyone always kind of has a different take on this, on how to obtain um, really the ability to do that with your business and tell a story that makes sense. So excited to hear your input on that today. Um, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and give us a little bit of your background. You know, our, our goal here is to connect entrepreneurs with professionals that can help you go all in on your business. Um, and I really think we have one of those here on the podcast today. So why don't you go ahead? I'll, I'll lend the floor to you, um, Karen Eber, right? Yes, thank you. So Karen Eber, I help companies reimagine and evolve how they are shaping their culture. And that looks everything from how you're assessing what story your culture tells to really defining the culture that you want to create the day-to-day environment where employees thrive, how you're developing your leaders, helping them prepare for not only the, the things that are trying to navigate today, but what you need them to do in the future to help you achieve your business goals And I do a lot with teams, helping teams navigate those tricky dynamics, help them build trust, curiosity, empathy, and and how you use storytelling across all of that to create nice connection for people. I am the the CEO and chief storyteller of Eber Leadership Group, which focuses on all of these things to really try to make work not be this awful thing, but a place where anyone can come in and really thrive. Sure. And so tell me a little bit about your background. How how did you get into kind of running your own your own business and, and putting out this type of content to business owners? I have worked in this space for about 20 years and I started inside companies. I started inside companies like Hewlett Packard, Deloitte, General Electric, where I was in roles like a head of culture globally or a head of leadership development. So I've always been trying to help companies and teams and leaders do these things. And I reached a point where I felt like I don't want to do the same thing over and over in the same company. I would rather go and try to help other companies learn real practical things that they can take and implement every day. So the idea was born about three years ago and I've not looked back. Sure. So what um, kind of was your why? Why did you decide? What what was kind of the, the catalyst for stepping into your own business? probably the same thing that most entrepreneurs have of you have this idea, you have this talent and you want to create a different work environment. You want to have different um, types of interactions. You want to work with specific clients. You want to call the shots on what you're doing and how you do it. And the thought of that sounded really interesting. So it's, um, it's the, you know, I don't, I don't want to work inside a structure for someone else. I would rather do what I think can create the best work possible. Sure. And how did you develop this, um, you know, skill of speaking and how did you kind of implement that into your business as well? Because of the space that I've been in, in this leadership development area, I've always had to be in front of a group, helping them build new ideas or new thinking, or I do a lot of work helping C-suite teams work through their their dysfunction or their challenges. So being in front of a group and connecting people to ideas is something I've always done. And I realized I wanted to broaden that to the, the company I have, but also to keynote speaking because it's a way to do it at scale and capture a bunch of people at one time. So to me, it's not about being on a stage or having the attention. That's probably the last thing that I want. <laughs> Each time I go out there, it's really like, how can I connect this group of people to a different way of thinking or to a tool or an idea that will help make their lives better? Sure. 
And so what was your first kind of speaking engagement like? Or, or, or excuse me, actually, let me take a step back from that. Was that the way that you originally started to kind of grow your own brand as you stepped into your own business? I was speaking before I opened oh, my cool. own company. Yeah, it definitely helped broaden my brand. But I was doing that before I opened my own um, company was a nice, easy step off point sure. because I had done a lot of it at that point. Where did you start to accumulate these relationships with small businesses? Uh, any interaction, you know, you, once you, I think once you become an entrepreneur, you realize how many entrepreneurs there are, how many small businesses there are, and then you all kind of cling together and listen to each other and share information with each other. Uh, so I think at the point I opened my company, that accelerated greatly. But before that, it happened all the time in my work. I would come across different companies. I would be hiring different small companies or at conferences, um, I don't know. I think every person has something interesting to share. So it's tapping into that. Sure. So give me um, a little bit kind of a, a, you know, what, what is it like to go through and give a TED talk? You know, what is that experience like? It is, um, it is probably different than people think. I have a lot of people that will share with me, Oh, I want to give a talk. And <laughs> what they don't recognize is an average talk is about a six month cycle of work from coming up with the idea and getting selected to how you're building out that idea to how you're practicing it. Mine was actually compressed to three months, which was pretty quick, but I ended up practicing that talk over 50 times before I got to the stage. And it is this interesting thing where you are drilling it so you know it but then when you get on the stage you have to deliver it like it's just organic and it's something that you just thought of and so that definitely takes a lot of rehearsal and practice like any creative endeavor you start off thinking this is the most amazing talk ever and everyone is going to love it and then you get to this sucks um is anyone going to listen to this do i even have an idea here and then that's the moment where it all just kind of comes together and sure. it becomes uh, a hopefully an idea that people can latch on to sure well tell me um you know kind of expound on that for me it seems like you've really become an expert in that storytelling field for businesses um and it seems like you've kind of vetted that process through having to tell your own story in order to kind of grow your brand and bring some value to your own business how do you kind of bottle up that trait and teach that to people you know how, how is it that that becomes an attainable trait it is definitely learnable. I think so many people think that storytelling is like, um, I hear a lot of people say I'm not good at storytelling because um, they think that the story is going to come fully formed and baked and perfect and no story does. You start with ideas or fragments of ideas that you put together and you really do that with the view towards your audience and what you're trying to build. And so you can break storytelling down into these pieces of how do you figure out your audience and what you want them to do and what might be an idea that does that. And then how do you start to build the structure of the story and engage emotions and put in details and then what's the order you tell it in to make it the most interesting so a lot of the work i do is helping break down that process and helping people realize neurologically what's happening because i think the more we realize what stories do different in our brain the more you realize like oh this is just i can either get up there and talk or i can use a story and harness so much more of that person's brain Sure. Well, what is the difference? You know, what is the, can, can, is there a way to kind of quantify 
or qualified the impact of a story? Yeah, there's a couple of different things that are going to happen. So if you're just sitting through any type of information, um, whether that is listening to someone go through data, whether that's someone just sharing information or even often what we sat through in meetings or, or in university, there's just two really small parts of your brain that are activated, like smaller than the size of a walnut, which are um, Broca and Wernicke's area. And that's just where words are coming into your brain. Your brand is translating them, comprehending them. You get an understanding and that's it. So you're not engaging with it. You're not committing it to memory. It doesn't even really have an impact on you. And that's what happens with the majority of our communications. It's just like words in, they're processed, and that's it. But when you start to tell a story, you actually engage the entire brain. All four lobes get engaged as you start to tap into the different senses where you're describing what someone might see, hear, smell, or feel if they're in that setting. Or as you start to describe emotions, you are um, having those parts of the brain light up, which from a real estate perspective, you're going from something the size of a walnut to your entire brain, which is amazing. Um, when someone is telling a story, if you were telling me a story, my brain lights up in the same exact neural activity as yours, as you're telling the story, it's neural coupling. And I love to say this is artificial reality because I haven't lived your story, but my brain lights up just like it is going through it. So this is why you sit in that action movie and you're not moving, but your heart is racing while the character is running across the screen or fighting the shark from biting the boat. Um, your brain has this neural coupling and it automatically allows for you to put yourself into this situation and think like, what would this be if I was in it? Which is what's happening when we tell stories. We think about what it might mean to us or how it might impact us. Um, and then the third big thing that happens in storytelling is as someone tells a story, oxytocin is released in your brain, which is the feel-good chemical, it's the, the bonding chemical, but it also increases empathy and trust. So the more oxytocin that's released, the more trust I feel. So just by you being vulnerable enough to share a story, even if it's not a personal story, if it's a story that is starting to engage my senses and, and one where I can't guess what's going to happen next, my brain is going to release that oxytocin and I'm going to feel bonded and more trusting of you. Sure. And so with the way that business owners are connecting and relating to the ability to tell the story with, within value of their own business, is this a skill that you teach salespeople as well? Is this a skill that you're kind of teaching every level of the business? Yeah, it really doesn't matter your role. It is really critical. There's a difference, though, between um, storytelling and manipulation, because I get that a lot. Uh, well, if you're teaching someone in sales to do it, aren't you just manipulating? And what I argue there is that anything we communicate has a desired outcome. Whether you're giving a sales pitch or whether you're telling a story or whether you're running through data. And so what stories do is they guide the listener to the same place of understanding because you can't make assumptions and you're you're walking them through. And in sales, what can be so powerful is you can help tap into the problems that the product or service is solving or the emotions of the frustration around it. And you actually create this artificial reality experience that makes the person identify more closely with what the product is trying to do. So it's so powerful in sales. It happens in marketing and advertising all the time because it is ultimately the best way we create meaning. 
Sure. And how do you kind of quantify the ability to, you know, the value of the ability to tell a story outside of your business, you know, like within your personal life communication with your family, friends, you know, colleagues, all of those things. I think that comes naturally. Like we go out with friends and we just start telling stories. And as soon as someone tells a story that makes someone else think of one, I think the natural storytelling happens in our lives all the time. It's how do we bring it into the work that we do that feels different? And it shouldn't, it really shouldn't. Because just like when your friend tells you that story that has you doubled over and you, you always make them tell it because it just entertains you so much, the same thing can happen in business. So it's something that um, we need to put more weight and emphasis on. Sure. I absolutely agree. You know, I think that, um, you know, especially since my, my business was so heavily face-to-face, door-knocking, networking, all of those things, that since we've been through this period where we've actually been putting out content, doing the podcast, trying to, you know, connect the entrepreneur out there in the world who could one day be our ideal client with someone that we highly value in our network that has developed this specific skill. I spend so much time thinking about the marketing and the branding and the messaging and how we tell a story and how we represent ourselves and the people that, that, you know, take value in the platform of the podcast. It's so much, um, a different feeling, you know, the, like this I've developed for that sort of thing, you know? So it definitely matters with the lasting impact of your brand, because I can recall several instances where I, you know, going through all the things that I've been through just in business in general, I relate to some of those things, you know, some of the, the content that I've seen put out within, um, several small business organizations that we're connected to. So it absolutely matters as you're doing this training, what form of media do you commonly like, what, what forms of media are you see are working really, really well for telling your story right now? And what do you see that's kind of going out the window? It really just comes down to how good the story is. It can be in writing. It could be live. It could be on social media. There's no limitation. The way you tell a story written is different than the way you tell it verbally, because if we are able to visually see each other, there's things I can do with my body that reinforce what I'm saying in the story that I would have to describe in writing. But the medium doesn't matter. The quality of the story and how you structure it does. Sure. And so I'm sure everyone in the audience has been scrolling through social media and something caught your eye, a post, a video, a story, and you get sucked into it. Like thinking, I'm going to read this later, but next thing you know, you're reading it and you're hooked because it's a great story. And so the same thing can happen um, verbally or in writing. It's just more putting the thought and effort behind it. Sure. Well, I appreciate um, kind of what you said about all of these things. I think it's something that people should value more within their story and a skill that needs to be, be developed. And I think that um, people like yourself that are teaching that skill and bottling up that skill and showing people how um, it is very attainable and learnable, um, you know, there, there's a huge value in that. What is it that, like, what what is it that is your your mission? Kind of, what is it that drives you? What what is your motivation to continue to help people develop these skills within small business? My best days at work are when I'm with a team or an individual that has just been stuck, and they don't know why. They're just stuck in habits, or they don't see a new way to do things. 
and we get that breakthrough. We help them realize like there's a different way to do this. And often that comes through a story that makes them willing to try something else. Um, but they then become unshackled from what was holding them back or what was making them stuck before. So I want to try to make that better wherever you are in an organization. I want to give people really the questions to listen and the tools to be able to have a different work environment and a different way to go about things. And so that I, that's my why. Cool. And what, what do you think you'd be doing if you weren't doing what you are doing? Um, like anything in the world, a food critic, maybe (laughs) (laughs) a food critic. That's a good choice. I don't think I've heard that one yet. That's a good, that's a, that's a really good choice. Um, Or a travel critic, you know, I'm not picky. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Me either. Yeah. Um, well, that's pretty cool. You know, I appreciate, um, kind of the feedback that you've given us today. You've given us a lot to chew on. Um, how can some of the people in the audience get a hold of you if they want to have a further conversation with you? Sure. My website's the easiest way. It is my name, K-A-R-E-N-E-B-E-R. It is worth a peek. There's a section on there called Brain Food that I try to model the storytelling that I do, but there's also different tools and resources on there of tips to consider when you're telling a story or things to avoid. Um, There's also a link to a YouTube channel that has these two to five minute videos that are also little stories like why I believe Marie Kondo has a junk drawer. (laughs) They not only role model storytelling, but there's a whole storytelling section on there that gives different tips. Cool. Well, we'll definitely check it out. Uh, And then as far as what we kind of want to leave everyone with here, um, tell us kind of what it means to you to burn the ship after you've been kind of on this road for three years now within your own business and you've been kind of accumulating these relationships and clients helping people tell their story. You've seen that value delivery over and over again. Um, What does it mean to kind of go through that experience of burning the ship and really jumping in on your own business? I think, you know, this past year, we've all been forced to examine what the ship is and what we want to burn, which is amazing. Like the conversations I was having with companies about their culture a year ago are different than now, because not only have they let go of what they believe, they're open to what could be. And so to me, that is burning the ship. It's not tying yourself to this is the way that I always do things, or this is the only thing that can be done, but it's being open to explore and see where things should go. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. Being married to your ideas is a quick way to find yourself on the way out of business. Totally. Cool. Well, thank you. I appreciate you coming on the podcast and kind of letting us know what we don't know. Um, Thank you for like, having me. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, you've given us a lot to chew on, you know, and our message is something we continuously revise and learn how to tell in a way that is um, the most beneficial to the people that hear it, you know. So um, this has given me some more reflection to do as well, you know, as, as far as um, motivating, educating, solving a problem. I, I think that we've done all of those things for some businesses today because, you know, I, I want to go try and solve some problems for myself now and have conversations with you further. So like I yeah. said, I just appreciate you kind of taking advantage of the platform and letting us know, um, you know, what there is left to learn, what there is to get better at within our own business. And uh, I hope that some people kind of take you up on, on that learning opportunity for yourself. Thank you. Cool. Thanks.